It's showtime, folks! Hola, this is Shelly Martinez. This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows. Here's your boy Shaq Gaspardi. This is the World Warrior Low Key. This is Charlie Sultan of Ring of Honor. This is Christopher Daniels. And the gospel according to the Fallen Angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy. Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB One Dirty Pit Boom! Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. The world is listening. This consonant, Bret Hart. You've got to be terribly frustrated. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Welcome fans, and thank you for going Beyond the Bell. Your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman here with you as we broadcast on the powerful SNS Radio Network. Also via podbean.com, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking a listen and for your constant feedback and support this brand new show dedicated to nostalgia and classic wrestling. The the wrestling we love, the wrestling that brought us in as as little kids, and the wrestling we fell in love with. So I would like to thank each and every one of you out there for your feedback you provided us in terms of suggestions, comments about the show. Therefore, this week, I wanted to give back to you fans out there as we're going to take one of the suggestions from our, our fans that sent us an email. You can email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com. Quick plug for your emails out there so you can send your questions and comments to Beyond the Bell. 
But this week on Beyond the Bell, we're going to have a special, special show. This idea was given to us by one of one of our listeners, one of our fans of the SNS Network and BTB. One of the suggestions that Anthony gave us was going over either the best or the worst turns in professional wrestling. So I wanted to break it down a little bit more, define, and go over the greatest heel turns in professional wrestling and sports entertainment. In the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, the definition of a heel is a villain character. In non-wrestling jargon, heels are the bad guys, basically. Heels are often portrayed as behaving in an immoral manner, you could say. Breaking the rules or otherwise taking advantage of their opponents outside the bounds of rules. And they exist to provide a foil to the good guys. The term heel is most likely derived from the slang usage of the word that first appeared around 1914, meaning contemptible person. Common heel behavior includes cheating to win, attacking other wrestlers backstage, interfering with other wrestlers, possibly in their matches, insulting the fans, we call it cheap heat, and acting in a superior and above manner. A good heel turn can take the beloved fan favorite and turn him into a despicable villain over the course of a single match, a promo, or vignette. This week's edition of Beyond the Bell features some of the greatest heel turns of all time. So thank you, Anthony, and buckle up for this heel edition, the dark side, professional wrestling's greatest heel turns on Beyond the Bell. We'll kick things off with the late, great macho man Randy Savage. From 1989, his heel turn. A man that absolutely stunned fans throughout the world and the World Wrestling Federation when he entered as the number one free agent in this great sport, Macho Man Randy Savage, my guest at this time. You shocked him once and twice with the big pronouncement that this lovely young lady to your right, Elizabeth, would act as your manager. Was stunned, didn't I? I left them sitting on their ear, standing on their whatever, anything goes. Yeah. By, by the way, Randy, if I just may uh, interrupt here. Yes, Elizabeth, I've got to compliment you on that. Just a, a outstanding jewelry. That is very, very attractive on a very attractive lady, I might oh, well, add. thank hey, you very minute, much. Wait a minute. I didn't tell you to talk, did I? Did I tell you to say anything? No, I told you to say nothing. Didn't I tell you that? And you said you're sorry right there. You said something else, man. Don't you understand? Hey, what is this? I don't get think that. Hey, what? Get out of here. Just go on up. Sit over there. You understand that? Randy Savage, you don't have respect. You. No, that is pretty tough. No, it isn't. No, in fact, that's super low-key right there. That ain't nothing. That was real, real bad. Well, I don't want to get into anything else, else you might do. you realize that I could have had the top managers in the country sitting in my corner? And do you realize that I could have had all the beautiful women across the country sitting in my corner? In fact, I can't believe that. Can you believe that? Well, if that I had my choice of her, Bobby Sitting in the corner of the macho man Randy Savage is quite an honor. I didn't ask you to do it, did I? No. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. No. Nothing going. No. I'm you apologize to her later no, on? No, I'm is not there... going to apologize at all. In fact, I'm going to have a discussion with her that's going to be real, real bad. Yeah. Going after the title of Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, the macho man Randy Savage is the premier wrestler in the world today. 
I'm going to go straighten out some business back uh, over here. Apparently, she is deserving of an apology. Fans, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this. I can't. The Macho Man's heel turn in 89 was the centerpiece of a year-long angle that ranks among the most efficiently executed and memorable in wrestling history. We discussed it last week on Beyond the Bell. At WrestleMania 4, Savage won his first WWF Championship and shortly thereafter formed the delightfully named, or you could say delightfully 80s named, Mega Powers tag team with the immortal Hulk Hogan. Running in stride with the team's star power and dominance was an undercurrent of tension. Though Savage was the champ, he was still second to Hogan in popularity and renown. Professional jealousy slowly wore on the Macho Man and was exasperated by another more palpable jealousy, sparked by the gro- by the growing closeness of Hogan to his valet and love interest, the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Finally, the tension built to a point that broke Savage. He had enough. Sacrificing goodwill from fans, he turned on Hogan, and the Mega Powers collapsed on February 3rd of Saturday night's main event. And then exploded two months later at WrestleMania 5. Macho Man, he's yelling for the Macho Man. Randy Savage. Back in the dressing room. And I think, I think Hulk Hogan is looking for the Macho Man. Number three. Oh, God. 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 Oh,
get out of the way. Okay, I'm gonna splatter you right on him. I'm gonna splatter you right on him. Get out of the way. No, no, somebody get some help back there. Somebody stop that idiot. Okay, Hulk Hogan. What are you talking about, idiot? What the macho man's all about right here, brother? What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Who? Brutus Beefcake. Back there with Randy Savage. Get him out of here. Somebody get him out of here. Hulk Hogan. Severely beaten by Randy Savage. Randy, cool it. Now you get out of here, Randy. Now you cool it. You cool it. What made this turn so memorable was its slow, emotional build. The fact that the Macho Man brought the world title over to the dark side with him. And Savage's unique gifts as a performer, legitimately jealous and irrationally overprotective of his then-wife, Miss Elizabeth. The Macho Man allowed his real-life insecurities to shine through his on-screen character. The result was a heel distinct from the destructive monsters and laughing rule-breakers of that day. A heel whose motives were human and to an extent relatable. The Macho Man made us believe that a performer at the top of his game and fame and with the world title around his waist could still be emotionally vulnerable, ruled by frustration, and deformed by envy. In doing so, he became the heel that breathed new life into the the then extended reign of Hulkamania and gave greater dimensions to the very concept of a wrestling bad guy. A true heel. The greatest, you could say, moment in the Macho Man's heel turn was the precise moment of the turn itself when an uncharacteristically calm Macho Man refused to tag a battered Hulk Hogan during the Mega Powers match against the Twin Towers. The Macho Man, this feud from the Macho Man Randy Savage, this heel turn from the Madness will forever be known as one of the greatest heel turns of all time. WrestleMania II is history, and this man is still the Intercontinental Champion. He's from Sarasota, Florida. What's with the broom? Wait a minute. Sweet what is the... professional wrestling completely clean. Oh, yeah, doing the thing, yeah, like nobody ever does before. Yeah. Bill Santana, it's been a while since I saw you in the Boston Garden. And I think that you believe that even though you're headhunting, that you can't beat the Macho Man Randy Savage. And you know Hulk Hogan? Yeah, if he wants to keep an eye on me, don't look behind you, Hulk Hogan. No, don't look in front. Don't look to the sides. Look straight up, because I'm right on top of you. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Elizabeth, my dear, how are you? You look gorgeous as usual. Thank you very much. Well, you're more than welcome. How are things going for you? Oh, great. Everything's super. When you get into New York City, you have an opportunity to do a little shopping. Oh, yes. I really enjoy that. Unbelievable. Excuse me. Just let me interrupt this for a second. I'm just standing here. I'm holding a gold belt, the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt. 
I'm only the champion. You guys got a conversation going. You're talking, talking back and forth. Things. It's like uh, it's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Now well, explain to me what. You. Put that thing down. Don't degrade the champion at any time. A man in my position could never afford to look ridiculous. Do you understand that? Tell Tito Santana that. And tell Hulk Hogan that. And Elizabeth, I think I need to tell you something right now. You don't understand thank, who you're thank with you very right much. now. Do you know who you're with? Thank you very much. You're with me. Macho Man, Randy Savage. Goodbye. During the early 1980s, Sergeant Slaughter was one of WWE's top faces. Second, only to Hulk Hogan. This was largely due to the wrestler's patriotic drill sergeant gimmick, which also led to his inclusion in the G.I. Joe toy lines, the cartoons, comics, the whole G.I. Joe series. But after a stint in the AWA, Slaughter returned to the WWE and performed a complete 180 on his previous gimmick. Vince McMahon supposedly called up Slaughter and said, why don't you turn heel? We've got this great idea. Become an Iraqi sympathizer. As the Gulf War ramped up in 1990, Sergeant Slaughter went from a near patriotic representation of, an, of American pride to an Iraqi sympathizer. Joining forces with the Iraqi General Adnan and Colonel Mustafa, formerly the Iron Sheik. Sergeant Slaughter became so hated that he received death threats and would wear a bulletproof vest when he went out in public. It all culminated at WrestleMania 7 between Sergeant Slaughter and the immortal Hulk Hogan. All right, Gabriel Monsoon, Rowdy Roddy Piper, thank you very much. With everything that is happening in the world and the World Wrestling Federation, General Adnan... Sergeant Slaughter, I can't help but Shut believe... your whole puke! For the last time, I told you and I told the world that I give the orders when I say I'm going to do something. You better believe that I'm going to do it while everybody else was aligning with the ultimate puke. Sergeant Slaughter was digging in. And I, Sergeant Slaughter, the new World Wrestling Federation champion, will reach out and take whatever I want, just like I told you I would reach out and take the new World Wrestling Federation championship and put it around my waist where it belongs. Now they can start respecting me. But like nobody else in the military world today, I have no boundaries when I, Sergeant Slaughter, say I'm going to crush someone. When I, Sergeant Slaughter, say I'm going to defeat someone, I, Sergeant Slaughter, will do it. And I have just begun to fight. You maggots are all dismissed. I'm the new World Wrestling Federation champion, and that's... 
اللهم صل على محمد وعليه وتعبيه وسلم الله واكبر All right, but up for this, I don't think I can take any more. A very shallow victory in my opinion for Sergeant Slaughter tonight. Coretta, Roddy, let's get back to the two of you. That's disgusting. Uh, if he thinks for one minute that he's earned the respect of anyone, he's crazy. Ah, no, 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 stick it in your nose, and you slaughter, you son of an unnamed goat, and I'm giving a bad name to goats. You can take it and stick it in your ear, because you ain't holding on to that for long, baby. You are, in fact, Sergeant Slaughter, the ultimate puke, and you proved that to everyone in the entire world here tonight. This guy's disgusting. He can, he, I'll tell you what he can do, man. He can take that title because now it's open doors. We all get a crack at you, Slaughter, and if you think I'm holding back or anybody in that dressing room is holding back... The straight-edge superstar, C.M. Punk. After a wave of popularity as a fan favorite, which quickly crested and then even more quickly subsided, CM Punk seemed to be in danger of a stagnating character in the WWE of early 2009. After fans booed his second consecutive Money in the Bank win as a babyface, he decided to evolve his, his character and take it to a new creative peak as a delightfully twisted heel that we all have now grown to love. What set Punk's turn apart from any others was that the, the subtlety in which he transformed. Working as a foil to then world heavyweight champion Jeff Hardy, the straight-edge superstar cashed in his Money in the Bank contract and exploited a weakened Hardy to gain the championship. He then made the unprecedented heel move in being apologetic and admitting that his action actions were opportunistic. For weeks, he strung Hardy and fans along and left them wondering if a full turn was or wasn't coming. Punk loves to swerve the fans. I think that's why we really deep down love him. I tried I tried so very hard to empathize with all of your weaknesses I implored every single one of you to just say no and all my empathy got was for you to love Jeff Hardy that much more than you already did. But this will not deter me. I will stay the course. I still believe in teaching you people the difference between right and wrong. Oh, obviously it's gonna be challenging listening to you people, and by the looks of some of you, it's gonna be a big challenge. But just like any other challenge that's come down the pipe in my lifetime, I'm going to meet that challenge head on, like a man, just like I did last week. Let's take a look. You see, now I know why you people love Jeff Hardy so much. It's because you are all just like him. And in turn, Jeff Hardy is just like all of you. The reality is, none of you have the strength 
to be straight edge. You gravitate towards Jeff because it's the easy way out. It's easier to be weak like Jeff because you sure can't be strong like me. And you can boo all you want. I know why you boo. You know why you boo. It's because I tell the truth. And the truth sometimes hurts, doesn't it? For instance, what does it say on your prescription bottle of pills? Take one every four hours. Well, don't tell me that you people don't gobble four, six, eight at a time like they were Pez. That is drug abuse. I don't do that. I also don't smoke. And those who do are stupid. You gotta be stupid to not listen to the Surgeon General, especially when he prints the warning label on the package of smokes. You gotta be a fool. Now we can talk about those funny cigarettes. And you obviously know what I'm talking about because you cheer. And that's utterly sad. That's pathetic. I, don't, I can't even wrap my head around you people cheering. Because when you smoke those funny cigarettes, not only is that hazardous to your health, it's also illegal. So those who have taken a puff, not only are you poisoning yourself, you're also breaking the law. So the vast majority of everybody here in this arena is a criminal. I am not a criminal. I never have been and I never will be. Now let's talk about alcohol. I've saved the best poison for last. You see, because this is a gateway drug. Don't tell me not a single one of you in here has ever said, I'm gonna go out for one drink and one leads to two, and two drink leads to three, and then it's a double of this and a shot of that, and then your head winds up in the toilet night in and night out. Congratulations. That is alcoholism. And in my book, if you even take one drink, you're an alcoholic. So I understand why you people love Jeff Hardy so much. I understand why Jeff loves you. It's because you're all weak. But whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you deserve better. This entire world deserves better. What you need is a leader. You need a strong leader who's gonna stand up in the face of adversity and just say no. You need a strong leader that's gonna carry the banner of the World Heavyweight Championship with honor, with pride, respect, dignity, integrity, and class. What you people need is a straight-edged World Heavyweight Champion. You need C.M. Punk.
All the while, in his smart Shades of Grey promos, Punk complimented Hardy and was cordial to listening crowds while at the same time edging his way inch by inch under their skin with his growing callousness and references to his straight-edge lifestyle, which hinted at a major superiority complex just beneath his easygoing facade that slowly built up over time. Again, slowly and subtle, key to a successful turn. When the full turn finally came, it did so with great vengeance. Punk played up his straight-edgedness, telling fans outright that his clean living made him better than any of them and contrasted starkly to the popular, free-spirited, charismatic enigma known as Jeff Hardy. Eventually, he formed the Straight Edge Society and recruited members from the audience like a wild-eyed cult leader, evoking religious dread and mammoth heat from crowds across the world. Two years later, he remains the most compelling heel in all of professional wrestling, finding new ways to push the envelope in WWE's PG environment. Case in point was even this past Monday on Raw, will CM Punk really leave the WWE with the World Championship or leave in general? Or is he swerving the fans? Or is he going back to Ring of Honor? Or is he just taking a break? Punk loves to swerve. Though his work and mic skills continue to evolve, his subtlety continues to be the most effective and distinguishing weapon in his arsenal. My greatest heel moment for CM Punk was Punk's creepy crypto-sadistic singing of Happy Birthday to Rey Mysterio's terrified daughter on Friday Night Smackdown was a bar-raising performance in contemporary heel, you could say heeldom, for lack of a better term, or heel presence. That was chilling. CM Punk, the straight-edge superstar, the straight-edge heel. What's the matter, Ray? What's the matter? You don't want to fight me in front of your family? No? Are you afraid that your family is going to watch you get hurt? You're a coward. I know it. Deep down inside, Dominic knows it. Your wife has always known it. And now, on her ninth birthday, your sweet, innocent little Aaliyah knows it. All these people here know it, Ray. You're a coward. What's it going to take? Huh, Ray? Where's giant killer Ray Mysterio at? Where's your 619, huh, Ray? Where's the ultimate underdog, Ray? Ray, where's your machismo? Where's your machismo, Ray? I'll tell you where, Ray. Your machismo, your courage, you never had it. What's it gonna take, Ray? Huh? Ray? I'll even drop down to your level, Ray. Come on, Ray!
So you're turning me down? You won't fight me? What's it gonna take, Ray? What's it gonna take, Ray? Not now? Not now? The living legend, Larry Zbysko. Bruno Sammartino was one of the biggest stars of the 1960s and 70s with two lengthy runs as WWF champion, but one of his most memorable feuds came after his title run in 1980. The living legend's protege, Larry Zbysko, this is when Bruno was known as the living legend, Larry Zbysko, challenged San Martino to a match in an effort to break out from his mentor's shadow. During the contest, Zabisco was, was thrown out of the ring, prompting the younger wrestler to brutally attack San Martino with a wooden chair, instantly turning him into one of the industry's most hated heels. The teacher and his student fought across the Northeast, with the fans taking out their anger on Zabisco at every opportunity striking the wrestler with weapons, damaging his car, and even torturing taxis with him even inside. Their feud culminated in the 1980s legendary showdown at Shea Stadium. I'm a New York Met fan, therefore it's near and dear to my heart. And it was the main event and saw San Martino defeat Zabisco in a steel cage match. Quick skills, no fancy maneuvers, but that comes from years of experience. And San Martino holds the rope open for Zabisco to look... Oh, look out! Zabisco going to work on San Martino! Zabisco sending San Martino to the buckle. Down to the canvas. Zabisco on the outside now. Zabisco has a chair. Larry Zabisco has a chair. Sends the referee flying out. Striking San Martino, and he really let him have it. Oh no, the blood pouring. San Martino cut wide open. Again, San Martino pleading profusely. Oh, unbelievable! The 
keep my favorite snack handy. Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. In the ring. Out of the ring. Out of control. WWF Royal Rumble on Super Ready S. 16 McMahon. This guy's rocking. It's perfect. With more WWF superstars than ever before. Unbelievable six men in the ring at once. No holes barred. Anything goes action. It's a slugfest. That's perfect. Each wrestler's specialty move. Complete mayhem. The Doomsome Pile. It's out of control. The Bonsai Trump. The perfect plex. Oh, did you see that? WWF Royal Rumble on Super NES. Get it now. Perfect. You know, nobody likes partying more than the rockers, but the party's over when you start smoking. That's right, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, doesn't include smoking. Be a survivor. Don't smoke. <laughs> Practice. <laughs> you know, now there's a fragrance that puts it all on the line. Arrogance. Whether it's a forehand, a backhand, every shot's a winner because women never love it. Arrogance for men will make you the number one seed. One shot and you'll be in the royal box. I don't know that. Superstars take on a whole new twist with the new WWF Shreds Wrestlers. Trick them in the holes, even these guys can't do. Like the double stretcher. Hey, you stretch me into a skinny whip. The reverse stretch pretzel lock. You better get the stretcher. <laughs> the step over triple trouble twist and twister. Don't stretch your luck. Stretch the WWF stretch wrestlers. You of the the game, Triple H. Like many contemporary wrestlers, Triple H has flip-flopped back and forth between face and heel a number of times over the course of his illustrious career. In 1998, after performing as a heel stable, his group Degeneration X became a face faction, bringing in X-Pac, Sean Waltman, and the New Age Outlaws, consisting of the road dog Jesse James and badass Billy Gunn. The following year, however, Triple H would revert Back to his heelish ways. At WrestleMania 15, I was there in Philadelphia, Triple H defeated Kane with the help of China, but later in the night betrayed both her and DX by helping Shane McMahon beat X-Pac and joining the corporation. The hill turn led to some of the, mo- the game's most successful runs, feuding with Mr. McMahon and uniting with the boss's daughter Stephanie to form the McMahon-Helmsley faction. Well, Triple H, he lost the World Heavyweight Championship to Batista at WrestleMania. You were defeated by Batista Backlash. Then you lost in the Gold Rush Tournament. What in the hell makes you think you deserve another world title match? You know what? Shut up, Jay. I just shut up. I didn't come here to talk to you. I didn't come here to listen to you. I came here to talk to Batista. Now you're back there listening to me, Dave, watching me. Do you think I was just going to go away, Dave? Do you think I was just going to pack up, leave here, never never bother you again? Do you think you were going to be able to make me jump through hoops to get a shot at becoming world heavyweight champion again? Do you think you were going to make me play the game, Dave? Let me remind you of something. This is my world. This is my theater, Dave. I just let you play a role. Your role now? Your role has become the victim. 
Last week, I did something to you, Dave. I don't think I've, I've ever heard you mention. I don't, I don't think it's ever happened to you before, at least not while I've known you. I beat you. I beat you. I made you taste your own blood. And you know, Dave, they say when you beat an animal, it either becomes more violent or it becomes submissive. Last week, when I beat you and I looked into your eyes, you were scared. It was something you'd never experienced before, and it scared you. That is the first step. The final step? The final step is hell in a cell. The most barbaric, sadistic, twisted, violent match in this industry. It is a match that can either make you or break you. And I have made a career of ending them in that cell. Ask around, Dave. Ask Kevin Nash. Ask Mick Foley. Dave, people are going to tell you that this match will shorten your career. They're going to tell you this match might shorten your life. They're going to tell you this is the most barbaric thing that you will ever experience they're right they're gonna tell you to fear the cell don't fear the cell Dave fear me you and I are gonna get locked inside that cell only I've been to hell and back and I liked it. You are gonna go face to face with the devil himself. He's gonna take a piece of your career. He's gonna take a piece of your soul. Dave, you and I are going to hell, but only one of us is coming back. And I am coming back the World Heavyweight Championship. Mr. Bob Buckland from 1994. Through the late 1970s and early 1980s, Bob Backlund was the babiest of baby faces, holding the WWE title officially for six years though there was some dispute over this figure. We don't have the time or the space or the interest right now to get into it. We'll just stick with the feud and the heel turn. With his happy demeanor, the 
all American good guy, the the good guy looks and the collegiate background. People love to cheer Backlund, but by 1984, Hulkamania was in full sl- in full swing, and Backlund left the, the WWE not having another match for eight years. When returning in 1992, the WWE was a very, very, very different place, with Backlund mostly kicked around the mid-card ranks. In 1994, however, things changed dramatically after losing a, a match against Brett Hitman Hart. A dejected Backlund snapped and put the hitman in a cross-faced chicken wing, screaming like a maniac, and while refusing to break the painful hold, this was the beginning of his new gimmick, Mr. Backlund. And as far as my standards, McMahon, my standards are higher than they ever have been in my life. My standards are too high for the Pubians in this world. You can't live up to my standards. And I'll fight for those standards. Society today is corrupt. Society today has teachers that help kids cheat on drugs. They got principals that drive around just like women. Do you think I want to be a member of that society? wrestling, the chicken wing. You know, when I came back, McMahon, I didn't use the chicken wing because I wanted to make these people happy. Well, these people could drag anybody down because they're not successful. They are manipulators and they manipulate themselves. And that chicken wing... This is Bob Backlund. Second wing is the greatest hold in professional wrestling, and nobody, including the man with the belt, not the champion, can get out of it. And I'll return. Nobody told Backlund the NFL's throwback weekend was over. Does that bother you? Has been. The people out there are 
When I say something, ladies and gentlemen, I do it. You're too weak. You can't go on a diet for more than one day. You suffer from dyslexia. 50% of the people in America can't read. Now what kind of an educational system do we have? And by the way, what I'm fighting for, I'd like to take exception to a remark you made that there is no escape for the chicken wing and the crossface because you yourself at one time, Bob Backlund, said, for every move, there's a counter. For every hold, there's an escape. You're saying there's no way to escape the chicken wing crossface. Ladies and gentlemen, and I use that term loosely. If there's anybody that can walk away or get out of that chicken wing once I get them pinioned to the mat, I'll retire from professional wrestling for good. Do we have that in writing? Pretty bold statement, Mr. Backlund. That's an awesome hold, but that's a pretty bold statement. What's this? What? Come on. No, no, wait a minute. What, is he challenging McMahon? Hey, I'd like to see this myself. Hey, Vince, go do it. Go for it. If you would like to bring out a superstar or challenge someone from the dressing room, fine. Who's it going to be? Rule number one, never let anybody put a hold on you without earning it. Who's he talking to? Wait a minute. Hey, check this out. Hey, Lou, where are you going? Louis? Lou Gianfrido, who writes for the magazine, who's here covering tonight's activities. You invite him up here? This is incredible. Lou's been writing about Bob Backlund for years, positively, I might add. He's got respect for him like we all have. You're going to put the chicken wing on Louis? Why? And they're friends. Do you like it? Demonstrate it. I'll demonstrate it. Are you game for this, Lou? Absolutely. Shut up, baby, Lou. Cool. I'm ready for it, Bob. All right, Bob Backlund, he's ready for it. As a demonstration. As a demonstration. Cool. Shut up, baby, Lou. Are you up for the task? Well, I mean, okay. But, I mean, there could be a superstar you could call out here. I'd rather see that. I said, if anybody gets away from it, I'll retire. For good. When I say something, I'm not going to be fallacious with these people. I'm not the President of the United States. I don't lie and I don't cheat. And if I say it, I'm going to do it. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. I need a dictionary when Bob Backlund talks. You're going to give us a demonstration of the chicken wing. Go ahead. He has been. He has been. Come on, Lou. You're All right, best, what, brother. Louis. Easy, Bob. All right. Okay, you Let proved go, your man. point. You can't, can you get out, Louis? Let him go, brother. Wait a minute. Is he, what you, hey. Hey, he writes for the magazine. He's not even a wrestler. Hey, what are you doing?
Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mr. Bathland. sadistic, oldster eager to show the young whippersnappers in the WWE a thing or two about the good old days. This heel turn was absolutely brilliant because no one saw it coming. I know I certainly didn't as a kid. In the mid-90s, the WWF, Bob Backlund was a benign Mick Carter who'd seemingly cashed in on his rich history with the company. He held the title for a staggering four years in the 70s into eight into the early 80s to gain a contract, work occasionally, get some TV time, and augment his income. Shockingly, however, Backlund snapped. It was the old generation versus new generation exhibition match with the hitman that really, really snapped Backlund. The crowd was stunned in silence. I know I was shocked. That snapping incident, that cross-faced chicken wing, gave it a real sadistic, serious tone. And it was so different. It was an unforgettable visual. Backlund staring at his hands, a mixture of disbelief and sinister satisfaction, occasioning his face. It was tremendous. From there... The all-American Bob Backlund became the volatile and intense Mr. Bob Backlund. He began wearing a suit to the ring, complete with two tightly fixed bow tie, which was tremendous. His image became grotesque with the wholesome persona he'd once embodied. Suddenly, the boy next door became the scary man down the street. Backlund was able to parlay the novelty of his heel turn into a world championship run commencing 11 years after his previous reign ended. He began doing more and higher quality promo work, infusing long, misappropriated words into his monologues, a gimmick that stemmed from his real-life struggles with adult illiteracy, and began his subsequent verbal overcompensation for that. Though he ultimately proved to be a transitional champion, dropping the, the belt to Big Daddy Cold Diesel, Kevin Nash, in, an anno- in, a, in the infamous eight-second bout at Madison Square Garden, which I was sitting front row for and shocked and surprised, and I was a Big Daddy Cold fan, and then disappearing from the company soon after a disastrous WrestleMania I Quit match with Bret the Hitman Hart. His turn remains notable for its unpredictability and for the uniquely creepy persona it yielded. The greatest moment to me in Bob Backlund's heel turn was the initial snap that left the hitman writhing and writhing on the mat. And Mr. Backlund staring maniacally into his trembling hands, it remains so, so indelible in all the minds of fans, especially myself. Mr. Bob Backlund was born. Oh, go ahead. It's, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but hey, Bob... Check that bow tie out, will you, uh, I know you're campaigning, Bob, but I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, this past week on Raw... You say 
I said, excuse me, I want to ask you a question, Mr. Bob. Ross, what did you say? I, I said, excuse me, Bob, I'd like to ask you a question. He didn't call him a bad name or anything. No. How many times? What did you say? I only want to ask you why you use such unsportsmanlike conduct on Bret Hart this past week on Raw, Bob. That's Good all question. I question. Come on, answer and the I question. I want to know what you called me. I called. Wait a minute. That's that. If you don't want to answer the question, then we'll end the interview. That's no problem. What did you hey, call me? Easy. Take it easy. I've been Inter people. Interview's over. Did Ross say something to him before the, uh, he must have. Before the interview? Say something during, during the break? I've been telling people. I don't have to listen. Mr. Macklin. I don't have to listen. It's over. Hey, I think he's up to something. Look at that. Look at that. Macklin. Oh, my. Back and clean the cross face chicken winger of Jim Ross. Backlund has flipped. Backlund has flipped out. He's losing it. I can't believe it. Before, but he, he's way over it now. He's way over it. What a dastardly thing to do. Jim Ross down on the, down on the ground. Look at this. He, obviously suffering a shoulder and maybe even neck injuries from that cross-faced chicken wing. And Backlund really cinched it in. I think he's upset because Ross didn't call him Mr. Backlund. All Ross wanted to do was ask him about last Monday night. He There's no reason for this. No call for that. He kept calling him Bob. It's Mr. Backlund. It's Mr. Lunatic, and he asked me, and Jim Ross is in trouble. We'll go to a break, and we'll come right back. Stay with the Fabulous Freebirds. Today, the Fabulous Freebirds are recognized as a massively influential WCCW tag team, innovating the famous Freebird rule for tag team title defenses. We spoke about it during our Greatest Tag Teams edition, becoming the first, some of the first wrestlers to enter the arena with rock music playing. We talked about that during the theme music edition of Beyond the Bell. They played Leonard Skinner's Freebird blaring through the speakers and participating in a long-running feud with the Von Erichs, which we'll get to in an epic encounter. See, it all ties together, folks. But Michael, P.S. Hayes, Terry, Bam Bam Gordy, and Buddy Jack Roberts weren't always heels. And at one time, they were actually aligned with the Von Erich boys. When Roberts was unable to participate in a six-man tag team match, the Freebirds recruited a young Kevin Von Erich into their group for the night. Just one night. They went on to win the match, and the Freebirds promised the return and return the great favor that Kevin Von Erich gave in the near future. Later that night, Kevin's brother Kerry faced Nature Boy Ric Flair in a steel cage match for the NWA Championship with Hayes as a referee. But when Hayes attempted to use his authority to give his friend the edge, Kerry balked and said he didn't want it. He wanted to do things the right way, the Von Erich way. This prompted Hayes to storm out of the cage. Kerry attempted to follow him, but was met only by the cage door slamming on his head, which Hayes just loved to smash and maniacally laughed. Later, Hayes and the rest of the Freebirds brutally beat down Kerry on national television. 
leading to the rest of the Vanaric boys getting involved and just ignited the fabulous Freebirds and Von Eric feud, which we'll go into more detail on a future epic encounter. But the fabulous Freebirds once faces rock band boys turning into devilish heels. You know, the six-man tag team title means more to me than the world championship belt itself. My brothers and me have fought long and hard for this thing. It means to us a sense of achievement that you don't get anywhere else. No other belt, no other trophy. This is the three of us. It belongs to us. Now, if the Freebirds think they can beat us, fair and square, so be it. Go ahead and come on with it all you got. But let me tell you something. We've trained all our lives for this thing right here, and no one's going to beat us. You know, a lot of people are talking about the Freebirds are in a slump. And a lot of people are talking about what this title means to them. I heard Kevin Von Eric say that it's more important than any world title he could hold by himself for the mere fact he gets to share it with all his family. Well, we had a little bit of pride in that title, too. Because, see, we were the only world champions that ever came from Atlanta, and we took a lot of pride with that, and so did the people from Atlanta. And I'm sure by October the Braves might have one. But that ain't got nothing to do with nothing, baby, because after tonight, there's one tag team and every tag team in the country. There's a lot of them that are listed as contenders. And if we don't win this one, they say we're going down to the bottom of the pile. Y2J no more. We're talking the real Chris Jericho. We can't say enough good things about Chris Jericho here on the SNS Radio Network. He's an incredible worker, capable of having a good match with just about anyone in the world. He's dynamic on the microphone, spectacular. He's managed to largely steer clear of serious injuries, and most impressively, his most recent run for 2007 to 2010 featured some of his best work of of his phenomenal career, with the once and future Y2J portraying a cold, calculating, menacing heel. There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks, a lot of controversy regarding Shawn Michaels' knee injury that he suffered at the hands of Batista at Backlash. Is it real? Is it not real? And for questioning Shawn's injury, and hell, questioning his, absolutely his, his very integrity, I just wanted to come out here tonight and apologize and, and tell Sean that I'm sorry. You're not the one that needs to apologize, all right? For the first time in my career, I feigned an injury. You were right. I'm not hurt. Okay, I know what you're doing, Sean. Very good, very good. Nice try, well played. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not buying it. You're not going to fool me twice, Sean. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to play some mind games, get into my head before Judgment Day, get the mental advantage. Sean, come on. This is this is not my first day on the job. Is it? Does it say rookie on my forehead? R O O K I E. Is it rookie anywhere? I've been doing this for 17 years, Sean. And that type of mental trickery might have worked on Batista, but it's not going to work on me. You're going to have to go back to the drawing board and come up with a whole much of a better game plan. Chris, to try and fool me. Look, Chris, you were right. 
I'm not hurt. Now you're starting to insult my intelligence, Michaels. You see, every time it's... The problem with you, Sean, is you think you're smarter than everybody else. Okay? But I'm not buying it. I'm on to you. And I know that you're hurt. I know in my heart that you're hurt. And it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. When Jericho initially returned in 2007, however, it was as a fan favorite. But despite feuds with JBL, Randy Orton, something wasn't clicking. All that changed when Jericho picked a fight with the heartbreak kid, the showstopper, Shawn Michaels. Now, WNL alumni. Great, great interview, guys, by the way. Though things had been brewing to a head beforehand, their feud began in Ernst, when Jericho smashed HBK's head into the Jeritron 5000, injuring the legend's eye. Gone were the sparky vests, smiles, and jokes, replaced with three-piece suits. Oh, looks so good. Woo! Scowls and a short-clipped cadence inspired by a poet. Inspired by, you could say, Nick Bockwinkle. Jericho's feud with Michaels brought out the best in both competitors, and afterward, Jericho continued to work as the best heel in the industry, and he truly lived by the moniker, and and he proved it. He is the best in the world at what he does, and one of those things is becoming a great heel. I knew you were going to accept my challenge, Sean. As a matter of fact, I was counting on it. What are you, an idiot? Hmm? You've been taking a lot of beatings lately, haven't you, Sean? Just the fact you haven't tried to attack me already tells me all I need to know about your eye. You're hurt. You're really hurt, Sean. And yet you still accepted my match at the bash. You're going in there at a huge disadvantage. And why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's a no-lose situation for you, right? Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You're still the injured legend who, who pulls everything he can and pulls out all the stops to give another memorable classic performance for the fans. But at what sacrifice, Sean? Hmm? You want to be a martyr? You want to be a martyr for what? For them? For all of them? Hmm? If something happens to you and you end up in the hospital, are they going to come visit you? If you're incapacitated, are they going to pay your mortgage? Are they going to pay for your kids' educations? No, I don't think so. These people are worthless, Sean. They're oblivious to what's going on. They might as well be asleep. But I'm not asleep. And your protege, Lance Cade, isn't asleep. Our eyes are wide open. And we see what's going on. We see what's going on with you. You want to be a martyr, Shawn Michaels? You go ahead. What a feather in your cap it will be. But be careful what you wish for, because like every other martyr in history, soon you'll be swept under the carpet. And eventually, Shawn, you'll be forgotten. 
That's it. You see, this whole time, I thought you despised me because you thought I was a liar or you thought I was a phony. But you know, there's nobody more real than me. You know that for 20 years I've lived my life as an open book in front of these people for all to see every shit, every blemish exposed. You know that I could leave this business today and I'd be remembered forever. You're the epitome of success. You've held every major championship you've ever gone after. You've sold out arenas all over the world. You've made a lot of money. And you've done absolutely everything you ever wanted to accomplish in this line of work. You've done it. But still, still, in spite of all that, you're not content. In spite of all that, you've got no peace. And I'm here to tell you, Chris Jericho, that in spite of all your accomplishments, and no matter what you ever, ever achieve, you will never be me. The birth of the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, in 1991. It's hard to imagine that what would have happened to World Wrestling Entertainment, World Wrestling Federation, the WWE, had Shawn Michaels not throw Marty Jannetty's head through the glass of the barbershop window. In a memorable interview on Brutus Beefcake's barbershop, Jannetty and Michaels, the former clad in non-threatening red shirt and white jeans, the latter making a statement in a classic leather jacket, no shirt ensemble, they came together to under Mr. Beefcake's unqualified mediation, reconcile their differences, which sprouted this feud, It's this spark between them in recent months. As the Rockers were still popular, one of the most popular tag teams at the time, it was still clear that, that they each, and Michaels in particular, had aspirations and abilities far beyond the limitations of the tag team division. Each made a simple case Jannetty wanted to stay together. Michaels wanted more. Teasing that they come to an understanding, they shook hands and agreed to keep the team intact. Then, in a move ultimately delivered, it was one of pro wrestling's most revered moments. And the now Hall of Famer dredged himself from the undercard to the mid-card and possibly main event status when Shawn Michaels super-kicked Marty Jannetty, picked him up, threw him headfirst through the window. As Kenny Glass rained down on the, the fallen Jannetty, Michaels smirked and posed for the crowd. The boos were so loud and unanimous, and a star was born. With me now, the reigning Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. During the past month, we have witnessed an incredible turn of events in your life. Conspicuous by her absence, your manager, Sensational Sherry, who right now is recovering from injuries she suffered during a confrontation you had with Marty Jannetty. And many believe it was you, to save yourself, who pulled Sensational Sherry in that, front of that a charging is, is a Marty Jannetty. Nonetheless, without your manager, less than two weeks ago, 
you captured the intercontinental title from what seemed to be an invincible British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. And tonight, here at the Survivor Series, you face a man many believe is the greatest scientific wrestler of all time, Bret the Hitman Hart. And he is indeed a fighting champion during his short tenure. He has defended the title more than any man in World Wrestling Federation history. You want to talk history there, Sean Mooney? Let's talk a little history, okay? Who is the man that beat Bret Hart at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title? Well, the British Bulldog. That's right. Now, who is the man that defeated the British Bulldog quite easily, I might add, to become the new WWE Intercontinental champion? Well, you did. Everyone That's knows. right, me. Now, for all you mathematical geniuses out there, one and one make two. Two belts. See, when I signed for this match, Hitman, I knew I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Your belt's on the line. Mine stays right here. So tonight, all over the world, the last thing the people will hear is, ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion, and new World Wrestling Federation Champion, has left the building. A very confident Shawn Michaels, the reigning Intercontinental Champion, on his way to the ring. It's champion versus champion. It's hard champion. to imagine what the WWE would have been like when My if Michaels hadn't shattered the window through his partner's skull. Hard to imagine an Attitude Era without the infamous Degeneration X. Hard to imagine Bret Hart's main event career without his greatest rival and in-ring equal. Hard to imagine a Mr. McMahon without the Montreal Screwdraw. Hard to imagine a decade of WrestleManias without the perennial showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania. Those performances by the Heartbreak Kid. Luckily, we don't have to. Along with the barbershop window, on that noted day in December of 91, Shawn Michaels broke the shackles of baby-facedom, for lack of a better term. In doing so, he offered an important lesson to many followers to come. We spoke about Jericho. We spoke about CM Punk. If you want to get to the next level, you turn heel. Greatest moment, I believe. One of the greatest, you could say, was HBK's devastating promo on Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart in the Montreal screw job summer of 05, you could say, when Shawn Michaels was in Montreal calling out Hulk Hogan called out Bret Hart. The fans went crazy. The heat he garnered for that promo was legendary, especially considering how beloved the fans had been for only a few months earlier. Shawn Michaels knows how to generate heat. He could be one true heel. We love him, but we also love to hate him. The Heartbreak Kid was a true, true heel. Moving on to Bad Blood in St. Louis. It is October the 5th. St. Louis, Missouri, you will meet The Undertaker, Sean. Hell in the cell. And some may speculate that that could be your very last contest with a man from the dark side. Oh, really? You know, desperate times call for desperate measures. 
Now, maybe I am a desperate man, but this is the way I see it. The powers to be here in the World Wrestling Federation, that's who I think is the cause of all this. Because how did it start? When the World Wrestling Federation begged and pleaded that I be a guest referee. So what did I do? I did that, and I did one hell of a job. And how did I get rewarded? I got rewarded by being stuck in a match with The Undertaker. And then I went out there and gave the fans of the World Wrestling Federation the best match on that pay-per-view because, well, I can, and that's what I do. So then how did I get rewarded for that? Well, I'm going to tell you. I got awarded by being stuck in a cell with death itself. A steel cage with a top on it. One way in, one way out. First time ever in the World Wrestling Federation. So who gets it? I do. Why? Because I'm the man and I can. And now everybody thinks this is going to be the demise of Shawn Michaels. Well, let's just say, for argument's sake, that it was going to be the death of Shawn Michaels. Well, I got news for you. I've told you once, and I've told you a thousand times, if I go down, I'm bringing everybody with me, and I'm going out in a blaze of glory. So Undertaker at hell in the cell, you, me, and everybody that's a part of the World Wrestling Federation is going down to the depths of hell. Hello, boy. Remember me. Welcome to my own personal hell. You know what sights I have to show you. I can still taste the blood, Shawn Michaels. And now, we're put in a cage. There is no escape. There's no place to run. Two men enter. Only the Undertaker leaves. With your soul. You can't run. Nobody can come help you, Shawn. The end is at hand. And you will pay, and pay dearly. Shawn Michaels, hell in the cell, bad blood, call it whatever you will. It will be your final resting place. Undertaker, I made you taste your blood once. And in hell in the cell, you had better have liked the taste of it, because I guarantee you, you are gonna taste it 
again. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff from 1986. Many might not remember what a big deal Paul Orndorff was in the early days of the WWF's 80s boom. Following an initial heel run that ended when he saw the light of Hulkamania. Mr. Wonderful became Hulk Hogan's closest on-screen ally and arguably the company's second biggest face in the main event scene. Considering Andre the Giant was largely a mid-card special attraction at, at that point in time. But as Hogan trudged through the feuds with monster heels, it became clear that the champion needed an opponent that mirrored his own charisma and sleek physical presence if Hulkamania was to ever ascend to the next creative level. And so, Orndorff turned heel in a memorable Saturday Night's main event segment. Orndorff immediately became the heel that would reinforce Hogan's positivity with his own foiling dastardliness. He was the bizarro Hogan that entrenched the WWF's main event storytelling in the crucial years between WrestleMania's initial success and WrestleMania 3's skyrocketing 93,000 spectacular. He even adopted Hogan's Real American music for his entrance. Along the way, he and Hogan had some of the most entertaining upper card matches of the era, including an outdoor main event in Toronto that drew close to 76,000 fans and a steel cage match on Saturday night's main event, which I remember, which featured one of the most memorable finishes of all time when both combatants, I love this finish, scaled the cage and touched down on the outside at the exact same time. Greatest heel moment, despite his relative smallness, and without relying solely on cowardly rule-breaking tactics, Mr. Wonderful was formidable enough between the ropes that he was able to elicit the audience's sympathy for the hulking superhero that was Hogan. It's no small feat, fans. Mr. Wonderful was Mr. Heel. So you want to try your luck one more time and see what's coming out of the snake's mind. You know, everybody in the world has opinions. Opinions are what you think. Reputations are based on what you think, not results. But this week, this week, I have a man that I feel simply is truly wonderful. You know, Paul... You and Damien and I have something in common. We have a thirst that cannot be quenched. We have a hunger that cannot be satisfied because we're all looking for something. You've got that right. You know something, Jake? When I used to take Hulk Hogan to the gym and he was laying down on that bench press and I used to look into his eyes, I saw... That Hulk Hogan wanted to be something that he really couldn't be. Just a trace. Huh? Just a trace of something that he wanted to be. What did he want to be, Paul? He wanted to be a man. And that man is me, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, check this out, my man. Huh? Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out. This man... This man, look at this, huh? 
Jake, this man is hungry. This man is starving. And his quench will only be resolved when he becomes the champion of the world. Let me ask you something. How long will it take? You know something, Snake? It's not going to take too long because I got Hulk Hogan eating out the palm of my hand. I am playing mind games with Hulk Hogan. And you people out there know that before it's all over and done with, I am going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. One of my all-time favorites, the Black Sheep, Owen the Rocket Heart. 1994, the most effective and memorable heel turns produce a character that is a pariah to most and a hero to specific fans or a specific few. When Owen Hart came shrieking out of the shadow of his legendary brother Brett in the winter of 1994, he did it not just for himself, but for all the kid brothers of the world. The ones who had grown up wishing they were this, were a little stronger, a little smarter, less awkward. The ones who measure themselves against those untouchable heroes and share their childhood homes and always came up short. Owen's heel turn symbolized that moment in a younger brother's adolescence when idolization transformed overnight into resentment. While many fans saw his turn coming, few predicted how effective and entertaining he would become. And it would be a tremendous role for the former Rocket Owen Hart. As a new bad guy, he went from dark matches to main events overnight, transformed from the negligible Rocket to the unforgettable King of Hearts. He may never have had the sneering confidence and and smirky Mike skills that characterize so many of the great heels will never forget his telling Steve Austin to suck his toes. Oh, that was, that was tremendous. Or his impassioned promo immediately following his initial attack on Brett. That's why you're sitting there with a bad leg. That's why I kicked your leg out of your, your leg. Brett, I hit you, Brett. I remember it. Sorry, bad Owen impression. But it was all right. He made it work. Owen embraced his shortcomings. He made his clumsy, distracted promos a part of his character. He was a whiny, impetuous, unpleasable. He projected the face of his big brother onto everyone and everything and then lashed out accordingly. And fans hated him for it. And they loved him for it as well. They loved to hate him. They loved him. No matter what you could say... Owen Hart became memorable. One of the greatest moments in his career. There were so many to choose from, but Owen's simple gesture of gleefully and proudly accepting the slammy for most shocking moment of the year for concussing Shawn Michaels with the enziguri in a match on Raw, which I thought was real, and I was so scared at the time. Well, I know it was a rib. It captured the feisty insecurity and mischievous cruelty that defined Owen's heel turn. Slammy Award winning, King of Hearts, Owen Hart, the true heel heart in professional wrestling. Thank you very much, Vince. I am standing with Owen Hart. Obviously, we've just witnessed some, we thought you were having compassion for your brother, 
Vince McMahon said we're seeing the true Owen Hart. This obviously was some sort of setup. <laughs> a setup? You got it right, that was a setup. This is the greatest Thanksgiving of my life. And mom and dad, <laughs> you fell right into my trap. You threw the towel in, and Brett, you're no longer the WWF champion. Mr. Backlund is. And Brett, I could have beaten you before, but you cheated. But now, you're nothing. You're below me. You're down there in the gutter, Brett. You're not a champion anymore. You're a loser. And I'm a king. And Brett, you're a nobody. I'm going to be the WWF Tag Team Champion. I am going to be a WWF Intercontinental Champion. And Brett, I am going to be the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And I, unlike you, will never quit. I will never surrender. You're a quitter, Brett. Mom and Dad threw in the towel, and you're history, Brett. And I am. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't you forget it, brother. Woo! Hey, Hulkamaniacs, you proved to the Hulkster that you're a true Hulkamaniac by renting my new movie, Suburban Commando, one of the greatest movies the Hulkster's ever appeared in. Now I'm going to tell you about another big hit, the Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game. By dialing 1-900-454-HULK, you can hear my daily power pack messages, giving you the latest scoops on the WWF. Plus, you can play my Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game, where I'll be your manager for the match of your life as you wrestle against the biggest and the baddest dudes in the WWF, like Ric Flair and The Undertaker and others. You could win and be eligible for a drawing for a great prize, including a grand prize, an all-expense-paid trip to meet me in person. Remember, the cost of the call is $1.49 for the first minute and $0.99 cents for each additional minute. If you're under 18, make sure you have your mom or your dad's permission before calling. What you gonna do when Suburban Commando and then Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game run wild on you? Not to the border of a lot of bad habits, but only ones that help me survive. Don't define yourself in the full power. Be a survivor, don't smoke. Come on, macho man. You can always get out of the ring, but the rock is extreme because there's nowhere to go. Nowhere to go? Not the cage! Oh, yeah! Landslide! Oh. Falling rock! Oh. Yeah! Meet the Lord face. What do you do for beefy, spicy, extreme excitement? Say it, say it. Snap it to a Slim Jim. Literally the largest heel turn ever in professional wrestling and sports entertainment. The heel turn of the late, great, eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant from 1987. A Piper's Pit interview segment in January of 87 gave fans the most resonant and most memorable heel turn of all time. In this segment, wrestling's all-time greatest attraction and most beloved name, Andre the Giant, bore down on wrestling's modern sensation, the immortal, the incredible Hulk Hogan, with a black-eyed stare that could have wilted Redwoods and challenged them to a match for the World Wrestling Federation Championship.
When Hogan denied the request, the giant extended one huge hand to the Hulkster's chest, rocking him nearly off his feet, and tore away with one effortless swoop the red and yellow t-shirt and gold chain crucifix that had adorned the champ. Andre then stalked moodily away, leaving Hogan in shambles, bleeding from the chest in front of millions of viewers who just come to know him as an immortal. It was so it fit perfectly that him ripping the crucifix off of his chest caused his chest to bleed, which gave it such imagery. It fit it perfectly. Andre was the biggest thing in wrestling history, and his heel turn was most significant. He's got 
one more thing to say to you, Hogan. Look at me when I'm talking to you. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Andre, please, no, it's not happening. We're friends. We're friends, Andre, please. You can't believe it? Maybe you'll believe this, Hogan. Andre, what are you doing, man? You can't leave like this, man. What are you doing, Andre? You can't my cross the shirt. What's wrong with him, man? You can't leave like this. You're bleeding. It's not how Andre, come back, man. You don't have to leave like this. What no, is he no, doing? No. You're bleeding. Jeez. What's... Come, come. Andre. Come on. Many believe that Andre was too well-known and culturally, culturally embedded to play a character that was not simply himself and become believably entangled in the silly stage drama of modern wrestling. He had long been a special attraction, figuratively and literally above fray. Sure, he'd been engaged in feuds, but at the end of his programs and his matches, he had always finished or flashed a familiar, reassuring grin that said the world that he was untouched by the lunacy that unfolded all around him, and that he was just as entertained as they were. Entertained by the little men in tights that played and struggled and emoted all around him. Little did anyone know that Andre could sell a profound change of heart so convincingly. Some credit goes to the great Bobby the Brain Heenan, who served as Andre's manager and mouthpiece for the duration of his heel turn. But the black-eyed stare was all Andre. His, his was the heel turn that not, not only built the WWE into the enduring cult that it, it was and is, but it stirred the fans' minds and it stirred them to the terrible question, what happens when the most powerful force on earth turns out to be evil? Thanks to pro wrestling and Andre the Giant, we, ha- we got a, a glimpse of that answer. Pontiac Silverdome, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, to this day, is known as one of the greatest and hottest drawing feuds of all time. The heel turn of Andre the Giant will forever be remembered, and that Piper's Pit will be entrenched and engraved in the memories of wrestling fans Forever. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. We are here for the most auspicious signing for any heavyweight title match in history, as you all know. Let me introduce, just for the record, some of the dignitaries who are with us at this time for this historic event. First of all, Bobby the Brain Heenan, representing the challenger, the eighth wonder of the world from Grenoble, France, Andre the Giant. To my right, the heavyweight champion of the world from Venice Beach, California, Hulk Hogan. And to my immediate left, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, Mr. Jack Tunney. Thank Mr. You Tunney, get on with the proceedings. 
Would you please sign on the dotted line, Mr. Rusimov? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down here, Mr. Tunney, Mr. President. A few things I want to go over with you first. Fine. When we had a discussion about this championship belt... Yes? I want a new championship belt. That's a great... This one was made and designed for this human being, and I use that term very, very loosely. I want one made that will fit a man. Fit a giant of a man. Somebody that can represent the world of professional wrestling. Not like this man. And another thing. I just want you to get one thing straight, Hogan. Fifteen years this man's gone undefeated. The three years you've been world champion, you've talked behind his back. You've laughed at him. You never once gave this man an opportunity. Now he's got that opportunity. Sign it if you're going to sign it. Sign under his name, Mr. Elgin. I've signed a lot of things, signed a lot of contracts. I never thought it would come to this. Thought it was you, man. But it's both of you. You're both sick. You're both sick. If you wanted a title shot, all you had to do was ask me. I'd have gave you anything, man. Andre, you were bigger than the world title to me. Yeah, I'll sign it. I'm gonna get your attention to in WrestleMania. When you tore my shirt off, man, when you tore the cross, you tore the heart and soul out of all the little hogsters, man. Not just me. We're going to get your attention, man. Yeah, we're going to get your attention. Now you sign a contract. You think I tell you everything you know in professional wrestling? Well, I then. And believe me, WrestleMania 3 will be your last lesson. And ça m'a fait vraiment plaisir de faire trois mois. Speak to me in English when you talk to me. As far as I'm concerned, it's not signed in ink. It's signed in blood. If you want me to speak in English, I will speak in the ring in WrestleMania. Oh, wow. We will finish off the dark side of professional wrestling, the greatest heel turns of this great industry, with one of the greatest heel turns ever. And that was the creation of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Buckle up, fans. This is going to be a good one. Hulk Hogan's heel turn at WCW's Bash at the Beach pay-per-view is arguably the greatest heel turn of all time for a wide variety of reasons. In the match which pitted Team WCW against Team Outsiders, Sting, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the total package Lex Luger attempted to defend the honor of World Championship Wrestling against the invading Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. When all seemed lost for WCW, Hulk Hogan made his appearance to a huge ovation to which proceeded to destroy the remnants of Team WCW and join the Outsiders in creating the definitive and historic New World Order faction. The NWO. Hulk Hogan arrived. Oh God! Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. He is the third man. Look at this picture. Oh my God! What the hell is going on? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? 
probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother. You what have been saying all these years? What have I been saying all these years? Oh, my God. A career it's, of a lifetime. It's right down the drain, kid. I hope you love it. Can you, you see just sold your soul to the devil? See those little monsters with the tears rolling down their face right now? We are not going to even acknowledge that three count. Now what happens to us? What happens now to WCW? There was no three count. I never thought I would say that he's yellow, but he may be wearing red, but he's wearing red and yellow. What do we do now? What a uh, low. I'll tell you what. Oh. This is a unbelievable situation right here at Bash at the Beach. With Hulkamania, the third guy with the outsiders. Betrayed WCW. Can't talk. Well, I told you so. I Enjoy it, my friend. You gotta look yourself in the mirror. You gotta stand up and look in the mirror. There you go, that's right. I never thought I'd see people throwing debris at Hulk Hogan. At Hulk Hogan. I knew it should have been done a long time ago. I guess this was premeditated all the way back from 94. I guess this is what it was. He had a ticker tape parade. He sure did. At Disney in a car. People lined the streets for Hulk Hogan. What do we got here? We got a fan coming in. Well, he didn't last long. Incredible. What a show. Everyone is shocked, Tony. Look at the ring. You do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. And I think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of this man, this man, and you want to put yourself in this group? You've got to be kidding me. Well, the first thing you got to realize, brother, is this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. These two men right here came from a great big organization up north and everybody was wondering who the third man was well who knows more about that organization than me brother i've been there i've done that you have made the wrong decision in my opinion well let me tell you something i made that organization a monster i made people rich up there i made the people that ran that organization rich up there brother and when it all came to pass, the name Hulk Hogan, the man Hulk Hogan, got bigger than the whole organization, brother. And then billionaire Ted, amigo, he wanted to talk turkey with Hulk Hogan. Well, billionaire Ted promised me movies, brother. Billionaire Ted promised me millions of dollars. And billionaire Ted promised me world-caliber matches. And as far as billionaire Ted goes, Eric Bischoff 
and the whole WCW goes, I'm bored, brother. That's why these two guys here, the so-called outsiders, these are the men I want as my friends. They're the new blood of professional wrestling, brother. And not only are we going to take over the whole wrestling business with Hulk Hogan and the new blood, the monsters with me, we will destroy everything in our path, Mean Gene. Look at all of this crap in this ring. This is what's in the future for you if you want to hang around the likes of this band Hall and this band Matt. As far as I'm concerned, all this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. For two years, brother, for two years, I held my head high. I did everything for the charities. I did everything for the kids. And the reception I got when I came out here, you fans can stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, you people wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff would be still selling meat from a truck in Minneapolis. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, all these Johnny Come Lately's that you see out here, wrestling wouldn't be here. I was selling out the world, brother, while they were bumming gas to put in their car to get to high school. So the way it is now, brother, with Hulk Hogan, and the new world organization of wrestling, brother. Me and the new blood by my side. What you gonna do when the new world organization runs wild on you? What you gonna do? What are you hey, gonna don't do? Don't touch me, I'm gonna free the lawyers. Cody, Bobby, Dusty, damn it, let's get back to you. Ha! All right, we have seen the end of Hulkamania. For Bobby the Brain Heenan. For, Dust, for Dusty Rhodes, Gene Okerlund, I don't know. I'm Tony Schiavone. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. We're out of here. Just why does this make Hulk Hogan's heel turn the greatest of all time? Prior to his heel turn, Hulk Hogan had been regarded as the biggest babyface in the history of professional wrestling since his early days in the World Wrestling Federation throughout the 1980s. Throughout the 1990s, he made the successful transition to World Championship Wrestling in 1994, claiming the WCW Championship and immediately resealing his throne as wrestling's biggest star. But, as wrestling's most famous and most popular protagonist that sport has ever known, grew and was as popular as ever, there was a decline forming. Hulk Hogan had prided his career on being a family-friendly wrestling personality and role model for children all over the world, which he personally dubbed his little Hulkamaniacs. He would create his signature quotes, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, as words of encouragement to his children that followed his career and idolized him as a wrestler and as a person. I was a Hulkamaniac. I ate my vitamins. I had my Flintstone vitamins, said my prayers, and I worked out with my Hulkamania workout set. However, upon his unexpected swerve heel turn, Hogan stabbed each and every fan in the back and threw away 
everything that Hulkamania had ever stood for. The children that grew up idolizing him, the modern generation of children that idolized him, and each and every wrestling fan that had cheered him for no matter what promotion he wrestled in, and no matter what he was wrestling, and, and no matter who he was wrestling against, this was Hulk Hogan. And Hulk himself had spit on his career and everything he stood for by turning heel and aligning himself with the New World Order, Hall and Nash. Hogan's career took a huge turn to further fame and superstardom as Hollywood Hogan, a man that was hell-bent on dominating the company of World Championship Wrestling with his NWO faction. He had thrown away his traditional Hulk Hogan ideas and ideals. He had thrown away his signature red and yellow tights in favor of the black and white, and he had stabbed every Hulkamaniac in the back in one single night. This heel turn was the shot heard round the world, the turn that escalated a series of competing stunts into an all-out war. The seismic shift that emanated out from World Championship Wrestling and cracked the hold that the WWF had long held on the wrestling industry. When Hulk Hogan traded in the reassuring red and yellow of Hulkamania for the stark black and white of the New World Order, he shattered a decade of unprecedented goodwill he built between him and his fans, slashing and burned the childhoods of, of a nation of Hulkamaniacs and began constructing a new wrestling empire on its ashes. The heel turn of wrestling's ultimate good guy was devastating to World Wrestling Federation, not only because it translated into the through astronomical and through-the-roof ratings for the rival WCW, but because it showed that the world that had upstart outfit had the nerve to do what Vince McMahon never did, to transform wrestling's most loved and trusted face and biggest draw into a cowardly, cocky, and condescending jerk. The turn had cemented WCW as a true competitor for McMahon's sports entertainment dominance and said to fans that the company was the wrestling organization of the future. The WWF was the past. It was hard to claim any argument with that. As we tuned in each week, week after week, to see what Hogan and his NWO cohorts would do next, and to marvel at the sheer novelty of the Hulkster strutting around to a cheesy, sleazy, fuzzed-out guitar riff, trading in his prayers and vitamins for black scruff and spray paint, and generally behaving like a first-class delinquent. By now, we all know how disastrously, how terribly the turn, the angle, and the company itself all ended, but still, the, all at the time, it was cutting edge. and remind, It reminded the fans of the unique kind of storytelling that pro wrestling offered. That's what we're missing today. Last time I saw it was the formation of the Nexus, but that was eventually ruined. Where else could you go on seeing a living, breathing character we'd spent more than a decade with, grew up with, in fact, continue to change and evolve in unpredictable, troubling, and supremely entertaining ways. He simply elevated his career to a brand new level and new heights, which evidently carried his career into the new millennium. 
It is a heel turn that wrestling fans will be talking about for generations upon generations. And it is a heel turn that will simply go down in history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all time. Furthermore, the heel turn and the creative revolution and ratings boom that it catalyzed in WCW lit a fire under McMahon and company, a fire which ignited the reactionary attitude era, carried the company into the new millennium, and continues to shape creatively, creatively the WWE of today and every moment each day in professional wrestling. The uh, once immortal... Once incredible, Hulk Hogan became Hollywood and will go down as one of the greatest heel turns of all time. What a way to cap off a wonderful show. You know, Hollywood Hogan, being the John Wayne of the 90s, really came through for the whole organization of the NWO. You know, we told you what was going to happen as we strutted by the wounded soldiers of the WCW. There was no question in Mr. DiBiase's mind or anybody else's mind that the NWO is the only body, superior body in the professional wrestling business. We have conquered and won. It's not over, Hogan. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> now, matters at hand. First off, the Nacho Man. Ooh, yeah, Randy Savage. Macho Man, if you're watching from your hospital bed, brother, I want you to know I have nothing but the us- utmost respect for you. Because the cross to bear of the whole WCW was put on your back last night, Jack. And with all the powers in the Macho Man's little teeny Slim Jim, you couldn't get the job done. Oh, and by the way, Macho Man, I'm going to take real, real good care of Miss Elizabeth for you. (laughs) Anyway, the thing that was so electric, the thing that put the icing on the cake was after we proved the NWO reigned supreme, the outsiders took the titles. Hollywood Hulk Hogan Show the whole world in Hollywood that I'm nothing but box office from head to toe. If there was ever any question in anybody's mind who the superstar of the 90s is, who is at the top of the pecking order, it was only proved when one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the rowdy one, that little red-haired stepchild, Roddy Piper, came out and was man enough to admit that he always, always idolized Hulk Hogan and couldn't even lace up my boots. And when I looked in Piper's eyes, after he kept admiring my accomplishments, I saw the fear in his eyes, and as he turned his skirt 
and ran. That was the best decision in his life. Once again, BTB fans, I think we hit another one right out of the park. A spectacular show looking back at the dark side of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Wrestling's greatest heel turns. We would like to thank Anthony for the suggestion. Great idea, Anthony. And I think we really had... we. Really nailed this one, and it's extremely entertaining going back, listening to those audio clips of these heel turns, of these great superstars in professional wrestling, and looking back at what made wrestling so special, the heel turn. And I truly believe that there would be no sports entertainment, no professional wrestling, no Hulk Hogan, no John Cena without that heel, without that piper without that now CM Punk, without Chris Jericho's, without the initial heartbreak kid. And then once a char- once a, a character becomes stale, you reinvent yourself by turning heel, hence Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Turning heel has so many so many elements if done properly. Fans, once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on the SNS Radio Network as well as Podbean.com. Just like JJ All Cap Sexay says, if you're not listening, you're not trying. You can reach uh, he, all of us here at Beyond the Bell, especially myself, at our official email, btbwrestling at gmail.com, as well as, as well as our official Podbean hosting site, beyondthebell.podbean.com, as well as my official website, ringannouncing.com where you can see some audio clips of me announcing stars famous stars of the past and present as well as some of my commentary um, going forward you can listen to all of that and see my schedule as well and see some funny old school old school photos of me dressed up like the macho man Randy Savage Hulk Hogan you name it I dressed up like them back in the 80s you can see all of that at ringannouncing.com so I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us on a wonderful, wonderful, dark edition of Beyond the Bell. And we're going to preview next week's edition of Beyond the Bell as we're already set due to the overwhelming feedback I've had from the initial debut edition of Epic Encounters. We're going to go to Epic Encounters Volume 2. We spoke about this briefly, two of the matches, briefly tonight. The card for Epic Encounters 2 which you'll hear next week on Beyond the Bell, will consist of the fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erichs. Then we'll take a look at the feud between Brett, the Hitman Hart, versus Owen Hart. And then in the main event, the unforgettable, infamous feud between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. That will go down in next week's edition of Epic Encounters Volume 2. So buckle up, fans, for that one because it's going to be a great show. Once again, thank you all for joining us here on Beyond the Bell, the Dark Side Edition, Pro Wrestling's Greatest Heel Turns. I'm your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, signing off. We'll see you next week as we'll go Beyond the Bell. <laughs>